0: The Florida Gators men's basketball team has a new coach as Todd Golden has been hired. Emery Jones is looking for a new home and the Florida Gators women's basketball team season is over. We'll cover all of those only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharps, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash Locked on. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Hall 9 Sports. Make sure to leave a comment, like, subscribe, give me a review, something to let me know how to make the show better for you. Getting into today's content though, Florida Gators have a new head coach. Uh, Florida Gators' men's basketball team have hired Todd Golden. The announcement came this weekend that Florida would be hiring Todd Golden, the very young head coach from San Francisco, to be the 20th head coach and program history. Before I get into that, though, um, can we take just a second to talk about how messed up this administration is for Florida? Because since I've taken over Locked On Gators in April of last year, uh, we've had three head coaching changes for the the sports that are covered. I cover five sports here. Three of them have had a head coaching change. And... um, I, I want to say that it's, it's really messed up because for those two of them, they took less than a week or about a week to make the hire with Billy Napier. I mean, we, we knew what was happening before it got announced. Billy Napier and then now Todd Golden. And then the other hire was Kelly Ray Finley. They hired the interim. So while I love Billy Napier, while I love Todd Golden, and while I love Kelly Ray Finley, um, it's really rude that like I've put in work like looking at these candidates and Florida's just like no, um, so that that's really <laughs> that sucks for me that I didn't really give me a chance to go in depth on most candidates. But Todd Golden, however, fifty seven and thirty six all time as a head coach, all with the San Francisco Dons, where he was an assistant at San Francisco before he became the head coach. He started his coaching career with. Uh, Columbia Lions up in New York. Then he went to the Auburn Tigers to be director of basketball operations. And then he became an assistant coach after that. And then he went to San Francisco to be an assistant. And then he got promoted to head coach of San Francisco after Kyle Smith was hired by Washington State. So Washington State hired Kyle Smith. And San Francisco is just like, hey, man, we're just going to promote the next guy, which is Todd Golden. And it, it, it's great because Todd Golden is known for taking. Um, an, an analytics-based approach to building and running his team. Before I get into that real quick, this was another one of those hires where those scenarios, sorry, because the other ones weren't hires, they were just discussions, Um, where I spoke about it on the show, and I know commenters said this, and I know forums said this, whereas so many Gators fans were so... um so upset with the idea of signing this or hiring this, this young unknown head coach that has a ton of potential, but good fizzle out on the big stage. They wanted to go for the, the proven commodities, the guys that are known winners. And granted, I, I I wasn't necessarily against the high risk hire, but I did want someone like Scott drew from Baylor. Um, but that obviously, obviously that didn't happen. But, uh, Clearly, Scott Strickland does not care what you want as far as go for a proven commodity. No, I, 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 he's clearly going for these high-potential, high-reward moves. Um, I mean, you look at Billy Napier, and Billy Napier is thought of as a slam-dunk hire universally. Um, but this is another instance of someone going from a smaller program, jumping up to the, the big leagues of Florida, uh, with Billy Napier and now Todd Golden, so Florida has a very clear approach to these things. Of we're gonna roll the dice, but we're going to hire these high risk players, these high risk coaches, these high potential coaches, and we're gonna do that. We're gonna give them the resources to build this program back to a powerhouse program. We've seen Florida basketball doing it. Now we're going to see Florida basketball doing it. We're gonna go very in depth on Todd Golden's approach to coaching basketball. That's something that we're going to get really into. Um, I will give you a, 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 little snippet, maybe even tomorrow's episode, we'll just go in depth on Todd Golden, but I'll give you a little snippet. And I'll say that a big part of Todd Golden's analytics based approach includes the elimination of the mid range jumper, which, uh, I mean, it's even rare in today's NBA, which is why it's one of those reasons that Todd Golden's eliminating it because we see DeMar DeRozan do it. We see a few other guys do it with just relative ease and excellence, but it's not a common tool that people have because you look at the modern-day NBA and you look at Todd Golden's approach and that this is all analytics-based where it goes, we're going to take the most efficient shots. And the most efficient shots you could take on a basketball court are catch-and-shoot threes, and shots at the rim. So it's a lot of getting the ball into the paint and kicking out, which is what Florida should have been doing. We did take a lot of mid-range jumpers, which is kind of dumb. But Todd Golden is going to focus on that interior scoring, kicking it out for the catch-and-shoot threes. Uh, Bruce Pearl, the head coach of Auburn, who was the head coach at Auburn when Todd Golden was an assistant, said this is an absolutely grand slam hire for Florida. Todd Golden is in that next generation of brilliant young coaches. And I don't think he's wrong because, I mean, look, I have no problem saying, when you bring up analytics, I am suddenly way... way more bought in to your hire or to your program. And Todd Golden is a very big uh, follower of analytics and believer in analytics, and I I am as well. I believe efficiency is key in so many areas. And Golden was also well-regarded for his recruiting skill. He was the primary recruiter for the San Francisco Dons even before he became the head coach. So we've got an analytics-based approach. We've got someone who is a very at least capable recruiter and we've got we've got our our wonderkin here for florida gators men's basketball and now we're going to shift gears to talk about florida gators football with emery jones transferring and well some of the reasons that i think he might have decided to transfer now but first i'm going to talk to you guys about stat hero if you participate in march madness brackets every year and suck every year raise your hand because um that's me. I, I picked Baylor to win the national championship, and if you don't know, they got eliminated in the round of thirty-two. So my bracket went from about fifteen hundred max points to about eleven 1, hundred. So woohoo, great for me. Um, I, I suck at them. Stat Heroes NCAA single game comes the pit star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling. Stat Hero gives you. The advantage resulting in their gamers winning four times more often because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who or what you're going against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match at stathero.com slash locked on. Using promo code LOCKEDON, locked on, L O C K E D, no space O N for a 100% match. Terms and conditions do apply. And it is past spring break for some of you guys now is spring break is coming up for others and I mean if, if you got kids spring break is probably coming up for them you got the summer coming up that you gotta worry about because it's almost vacay time and you gotta get in shape you gotta get fit and you gotta get built bar that's how I always do it you guys know it by this point I've got a sweet st- I got cannolis waiting in the kitchen right now so I'm um, smash them once I finish recording but my weakness is my sweet tooth, obviously. Uh, with Built Bar, that does help me. Cannolis were rare occurrence, but they're coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes, the Reese's in the desk drawer, the Kit Kat in the cupboard. Just get Built Bar. You don't got to feel guilty. You don't got to sneak around. They've got delicious flavors, always new limited time flavors coming around. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order with Built Bar or builtbar.com. Thanks again for making Locke. that gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free reviews you listen to the podcast. We're gonna talk about Emery Jones hitting the transfer portal because this is something that has been discussed extensively over the past four four or five months um, with, with Anthony Richardson being the, the heir to the throne now. And Emery Jones after Dan Mullen got fired and 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 Emory was like, hey I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the portal uh, after the bowl game and then the bowl game happened and nothing happened after that involving Emory Jones hitting the transfer portal. Of course, going back a little bit even further there, Emory Jones had, I will say unfair expectations thrust upon and this isn't excusing anything. I'm not excusing any poor play any of that now. I'm just saying. Emory Jones had unfair expectations by myself included thrust upon him before he ever even started a game for the Florida Gators. And I think that's important to talk about because I, I, I don't remember the stats that I threw up last uh, last year, but they were they were um, pretty unreasonable, the predictions that I thought that Emory Jones would put up as his stats. I, I want to say it, it was something like 4,000 passing, 1,000 rushing, which shouldn't have been expected. I just went back to look at them, Um, and I predicted 3,000 passing yards for Emory Jones and 800 rushing yards, which I believe has only been done by like 15 players in college football history before. And Emory wasn't super far off. He had 2,700 passing yards and about 750 rushing yards, so it wasn't super far off, but it was still unfair expectations to to thrust upon him, especially when you consider that Dan Mullen had his worst season probably of his career as a play caller and a coach and a game planner in general. It was just rough where we had these insane expectations for Emory Jones, where uh, coaching just wasn't where it should have been for Emory Jones to find success. But then obviously Dan Mullen got fired. Billy Napier was coming in, the bowl game happened and then we heard some discussion of or some rumors started trickling in and I took it to, I still take it to be the plan for at least some time was Emory Jones will graduate from the University of Florida and then he will transfer after graduating if he does not win the starting job. Then last week spring ball started 6 days ago. And we found out that the reason Emory Jones has not entered the transfer portal is because he was coming back for another year with the Gators because new head coach Billy Napier asked him to do so. And then uh, just Saturday, Emory Jones announced that he was entering the transfer portal, that he would still finish... Uh, school with Florida he'd graduate in this spring semester and then he would join his new program wherever that may be. Um well first of all I think that's great for Emory Jones because I think that he'll have time to see if a spring injury happens to somebody and he can join that program and become the starting quarterback there. Like I, I don't I'm just going to throw a school out there like let's say let's say Bryce Young at Alabama gets hurt whatever. Let's say Bryce Young gets hurt and Nick Saban's like hey Come in and start. Emory can kind of snake his way into a starting role. Obviously, that wouldn't happen with Bama specifically, but that's just a program that I was naming. Uh, so Emory Jones has that benefit. He also has the benefit of not rushing whatsoever because he's still got about two months until graduation. So he's got plenty of time to find out the team to find out which team he'd want to go to. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm more interested in talking about why Emory Jones chose to announce he was entering the transfer portal this past Saturday. When you consider that this past Tuesday, six days ago, Billy Napier admitted that he asked Emery Jones to come back to Florida. And then I started talking about the quarterback battle later in the week. And I said, hey, you know, maybe this means that Billy Napier sees something in Emory Jones and sees the potential of him being a starting quarterback because Billy Napier wouldn't ask him to come back just to waste his time. Like, that's not going to happen. So I have a few theories as to why Emory Jones um, suddenly entered the transfer portal on Saturday because, again, yes, we expected it to happen months ago. It didn't. We thought he'd stay, and then he entered the portal Saturday. My first reason, and the one that I think is most likely, is that Emory Jones was asked, to change positions Um, because that's been a a common discussion with Emory Jones since last year he struggled and he led the team in rushing was maybe we put him at the slot. Maybe we have him play wide receiver a little bit. Maybe we figure something out with him. Um, He's not down for that, obviously because when he said initially in December that he would enter the transfer portal, Uh, he said that I will be looking for a school that will develop me as a quarterback for the next level. So Emory Jones moving positions was not a possibility. Uh, I do think it's what he was asked to do. And this is purely speculation. I don't want anybody to think that I've been told this. I am just creating things up here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I will say that that's purely speculation. I think that's what happened. That's my guess. Um, The other option or the other most likely option is that Billy Napier was like, Hey man, um, you aren't a legitimate option for QB one, but I I don't think that happened. I think that's the second most likely thing, but I don't think that happened because again, Billy Napier never would have asked Emory Jones to come back if he didn't think that that was a possibility. And Billy Napier would not have been able to determine that through just a couple of days of spring practice. So I don't think that's what happened. but I do think that that's a possibility that Billy Napier was like, what no, I wanted you to stay around as like a veteran leadership type guy. I think that that's more likely than him just saying, you're not QB1. you're not in this race. I think it's more likely to say, hey, I wanted you here as a veteran leader, not as a, you know, not as a starting quarterback option. And then there's the third strategy or the third situation for me, at least the third scenario, where I think it's the most innocent of them all. Um, I, and I, by that, I just mean there was a simple misunderstanding somewhere along the way where the plans never changed for Emery. It was, if I'm not starting quarterback, I am transferring or not even if I'm not starting quarterback. It was just the, the initial rumor was he's graduating then transferring, not necessarily a matter of who wins a quarterback battle. So, the plan never changed is a very possible, is a very realistic possibility where Emory Jones always planned to leave. Um, he, he was sticking through spring ball practices and all that just, just to stay ready for playing quarterback in college. And he still had the plan of once I graduate, I'm leaving. But then Billy Napier was like, no, I asked him to come back and he's going to stay here for another year. I think it's very possible that Emory was like, no, like, that's not, like, I'm not doing that. So I, I think it's very possible that we've, it was a simple misunderstanding. And I think that's the most innocent of the options of just Billy Napier thought that Emery was going to stay. And Emery was like, no, I never said I'd stay. I'm, I'm just not leaving yet. Um, and then Emery Jones was like, you know what? Let me not string anybody along. And let me just cut my ties here. Um, maybe we'll find more information out. But regardless, and we'll talk about this more, but I will say, I have, nothing but the utmost respect for Emory Jones and how he held himself throughout the entire season where so many fans were against him. I don't want to hear we were against Mullen. I don't want to hear that because the things people said to Emery Jones's mom shouldn't have been said if, Dan, if you were really mad at just Dan Mullen. So I don't want to hear that um I have nothing but the utmost respect for Emery Jones. He seems like a great kid. I I still want nothing but success for him and I hope that he whoops some beep while he's there. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I did. Uh, the Pistons game. Oh, my Lord. The Pistons-Cavs game. Isaiah Stewart hit his rebounds, and then I live bet his rebounds. And then Cade Cunningham hit his assist, and then I live bet his assist. And I was it was just eaten on Saturday night. in that one game alone, and Friday hit a parlay. Or Thursday hit a parlay. Florida, you screwed me. I bet money line against Xavier, and that didn't happen. And then- the money line against UCF and boom, that didn't happen. But betonline.net covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device. That's how I do it. Bang right there. Betonline.net. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about the florida gators women's basketball team because that season is over. kelly ray finley's first season is over. and here's one thing that i want to consider i want to ask you guys at least um for kelly ray finley, do we count this like obviously the record counts, but do we really say this is her first season as the head coach? she was the interim head coach, yes. but she did not have an off season to work through her system and build her system and build her program. So I'm a little curious if it's like, do we fault her? I do not even fault her because it was a great season. But do we say this was her first season? Like this coming season, am I like, okay, do I have to specify that it's her first season, not as the interim? Like, is that, is that what I have to do? Cause I'm not really sure, but this season was rough. For the Florida Gators women's basketball team, because if you look at or if you saw this team when Kelly Ray Finley took over, or even a week or two into this season, and you tell me, hey, this team is going to make it to the the NCAA tournament, um, I would have said you were crazy because the way the teams, the way the season started was just awful, and I I did not think that it would go well, especially with the coaching change and all that, but. The team just kept getting better. Lavender Briggs got injured and then transferred to Maryland, and the team kept getting better. And then you fast forward to the end of the season, and it's like, well, the Gators are hot. Then they dropped four of their last five, and or four in a row, I believe, at one point, actually, to the very end there. And then you look at the SEC tournament, and you lost Kiki Smith in the first game of the SEC tournament. Then you go to the second game, And he lost Jordan Merritt in the second game. Uh, She got concussed, or I believe it was concussion, very early on. Hit her head on the ground. Kiki Smith injured her uh, knee. Then you go to the NCAA tournament, and you've got the first game against UCF. UCF were nine and a half point favorites going into the game. So I want to say yes, Florida was 26-0 against UCF going into this game but the commentators and here's one of the reasons that I hate a lot of commentators is the commentators kept going oh UCFs they're they're underdogs here they're they're big underdogs they've got that underdog mentality they're underdogs they're underdogs they're underdogs first off no they weren't they were a higher seed second of all Vegas didn't even think they were underdogs because Vegas has had lower seeds favoring games that's totally fair but UCF was a higher seed and Vegas had them blowing out Florida so you're that just makes no sense to say UCF were the underdogs going into that game. This was a Florida team with a first-year or interim head coach, whatever you want to call it, an interim head coach that lost their leading scorer halfway through the season. Kiki Smith took over as a leading scorer, and Kiki Smith got injured for the season just a couple of weeks ago Jordan Merritt got injured just a couple of weeks ago. This was by no means a game Florida was expected to win. It was a game we wanted to win, but not a game that was expected to win. And for the first half for Florida really killed them because it was just so dang tough for Florida to beat that 1-2-2 press that UCF runs, which they run phenomenally. And I was screaming at my TV because I just wanted Florida to pass the ball quicker before you get trapped. But I, I, hands in the air. I don't know what to do after that. Uh, Faith Duke got hurt in the tournament game. That sucked. And she uh, got hurt in the second quarter, I believe. And she did not come back in. We saw her shortly after halftime return to the bench with crutches and her right shoe off because she did hurt her right foot or ankle. Maybe it's a Liz Frank thing, a heel thing. I don't know. But she was clearly, uh, clearly banged up. Nina Ricards had 17 points and 4 rebounds on 7 of 13 shooting. Zippy Brutton had 12 points on 5 of 15 shooting, which was just very unacceptable. And I get it. UCF has a great defense. There were not many scoring options for Florida. Christina Moore shot 0 for 10 from the field, so it was a rough shooting game for her. But Zippy Brutton had to pick up because Zippy Brutton was clearly... And again, she's not someone who's really built... or I don't want to say built... Not really someone who has experienced being the woman like she's not known for being that woman that runs and that team this team throw, goes through but she had to be and i think that the one two two affected her more than anybody else she just wasn't there she wasn't able to process it quickly enough mentally i love what nina Rickards did i feel like she really just took over at certain points at like early on in the game, her and faith dude had the first eight points combined. And I feel like Nina was kind of just creating shots and doing things. And eventually that obviously fizzled out a little bit, but Zippy Burton did have eight rebounds and six assists. So she was still very much contributing in multiple ways for this team. Uh, and yeah, I, I think when we look at the season, it wasn't a great tournament run, but making the tournament in at all made it a, a stellar season. Um, it was a first round elimination, so obviously not a tournament run. But Kelly Ray Finley taking this team where she took them and finding the success that they found was phenomenal, and I love it. And the future, I think, is so bright in Gainesville for the Florida Gators. You look, at, and I'm, I know I mentioned them a couple times already, but Nina Ricard, Nina Rickards, Zippy Broughton, Faith Dude, too. Um, I think that they've got a ton of potential here like hopefully there's more rebounding presence next year. Cause I, I still get irritated that Nina Rickards is like the leading rebounder in most games. Um, but Nina Rickards, I think she's going to be big next year. She's clearly t- t- towards the end of the season. She clearly came into her own as a bit of a scorer. She got more aggressive when she had to be. She was shooting more mid range shots against UCF. She was working her jumper. She was getting into the paint. She was doing everything. The Zippy Brutton, we know what she can do now. So next season, And obviously the eight rebounds, six assists in this past game is going to make people say, well, can she be Kiki Smith next year with the points, rebounds, assists? Will that be Nina Rickards or will it be both of them? Who will it be? Who will be that Kiki Smith, that that stat sheet stuffer? Uh, I'm also personally very excited to see how Alberte Rimdell develops because I think she's a phenomenal shooter, but right now that's all she is. She's just a spot up shooter. And there's a role for you there. But she tries a little bit to dribble around and make some passes. And, th- and clearly, like similar to Zippy Bruton against the 1-2-2, mentally, it's just not there for her yet. So I'd like to see the game slow down and see what Alberti Rundahl develops to be. And hopefully she will just be able to be a, uh, a, a more consistent contributor for this team next season. That about does it, though. Thanks again for making Locked On It's your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about your Florida Gators and Todd Golden's hire. Now make your second listen. Locked On NFL Draft, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.